in excitement, I added more of this stock and took my cumulative exposure to 25%. So, so I held this stock for the next three months to, to uh, just look out uh, how the earnings would further take up. And during the time, I had just heard of, of a slowdown in exports, but had ignored it based on the fact that a slight slowdown wouldn't matter as there was an ample room available in the valuations. So I held my position for the next quarterly results. Next quarter, after three months, it announces the results and the company posts a loss of two rupees per share. Man, I got shocked. What went wrong? The stock tumbled and had a series of lower circuit and falls nearly 25% below my purchase price. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Awais Abdul Sattar. Awais, are you ready to rock? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Andrew, for inviting me on your platform to discuss this first investment experience. I think while generally no one takes pride in their worst investment experience, but I do believe they are a great source of wisdom if you try to learn from them. So while this experience emerged as a great learning experience for myself, I hope that this experience will emerge as a great source of learning for our audience as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Well then, let's get into it. Why don't you tell us your worst investment ever? And remember, since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. So what was my worst investment experience and the experience from which I learned a lot of lessons? There's a story dates back to, I guess, 2012 and 2013, when I was running a small personal portfolio for myself. And at that time, I hardly had two to three years of industry experience working as a buy-side analyst for a local firm. In, in essence, you could say that I was a naive investor at that time. I had just learned about the basics of investment and general valuation techniques. So how did I come up with that particular company that turned out to be really worse? At that point of time, the talk of the town was the growing exports of Pakistan particularly its textile exports. Just to highlight to our audience, Pakistan is actually amongst the top 10 largest textile exporter of the world. And it has got the fourth largest production of cotton in the world. So, so the textile exports at that particular point of time were growing at a double digit rate. Particular reason was that there were massive imports of cotton yarn from China. So I thought to find out because this was an emerging trend I thought to find out relevant companies which were going to benefit from the trend. So I just went out and took a list of textile sector company and I actually had a great urge for finding out the stocks which were generally ignored by the analyst and the investment community. So I turned over all the stones to find out a company by the name of Sef Textiles. So the company name was Sef Textiles. The, the company was actually engaged in the production of cotton yarn which is a key raw material used to produce cloths. So I found out that the company was selling nearly 9 to 10 different varieties and variants of yarns. It claimed that it was selling specialized yarns that differentiated its product from its competitors. I was much impressed with the product portfolio 
and plus the second the second reason i went for this company that uh, the exports nearly accounted for 70% of its sales so given that there was an emerging trend in exports i thought that this company is going to benefit from the trend so i had a talk with the management whom highlighted that things were going in the right direction and the company was benefiting from the trend of rising exports so so i made a back of envelope calculation to find to find out that uh, what earnings this company could make and uh, based on my back of the envelope calculation i expected this company to make around 10 rupees per share rupees is a local currency given my rising expectations of sales and margin uh, i found out this company could really make 10 rupees or more than 10 rupees per share which was nearly thrice the last year earnings a 300% growth that's astounding that was a real trigger for me to buy that stock and plus the fact that the stock was trading only at 40 rupees per share which implied a forward multiple of only four times and now now this is really attractive based on any standard whether it be a global standard whether it was a local standard a market at that time was trading at a multiple of i guess 8 to 9 times and the stock was trading at four times nearly a 50% discount so so i guess that expectation of earnings are found to be true then the stock should re-rate at certain higher multiple and i could i could gain some money make some profit so given the cheap valuations and the robust earning outlook i decided to take exposure in the stock and i allocated i guess 15% of my portfolio into that that stock and from a week from where i bought the stock the company announced its quarterly results the results were exceptional the margins were at an all time high and you know earnings really topped my expectation then the stock i guess rallied by 20 to 25% you must so, have so, felt so really I, great at that time i felt very happy so i added more of the stock in in excitement i added more of the stock and took my cumulative exposure to 25% so i held the stock for the next 3 months to uh, just look out uh, how the earnings would further take up and during the time i had just heard of of slowdown in exports but had ignored it based on the fact that a slight slowdown wouldn't matter as there was an ample room available in the valuations so i held my position for the next quarterly results next quarter after 3 months it announces the results and the company posts a loss of 2 rupees per share man i got shocked what went wrong the stock tumbled and had a series of lower circuit and falls nearly 25% below my purchase price look i am completely stunned what happened things were going in the right direction this company was making a decent amount of money and suddenly it had the bottom line has turned red that was the story i hope you have enjoyed it yes that's amazing let me ask you a couple of little questions what what turned out to be the reasoning be why they were lose why they lost money okay okay so so let me uh, go through the actually uh, what did i missed yeah. what went wrong yeah uh, firstly andrew i i what i missed was the fact that i was investing in a commodity business okay commodities have got their cycles they have got peaks they have got troughs and uh, and they are very easy to be you know rep- replicate uh, anyone can imitate them investors should first try to find out at which part of the cycle the commodity is 
right? If you are at the peak of the cycle, then perhaps you should be very much cautious about the future outlook. Now, what do I mean by the peak part of the cycle? That particular stock, I could have easily figured it out just by looking at the global or the international margins because it was an export-oriented company. The international margins uh, would have mattered the most. If the margins are far more higher than the historical level, generally it implies that it's a peak because margins have a tendency to revert back to the you know the mean level. And this is a I think a great story about the concept of buy cyclical stocks when they're expensive on a PE basis, not when they're cheap which seems a little bit strange, right? Yeah, right, exactly, you're perfect. You can easily gauge that whether the commodity is on its peak or not by just by looking at the historical margins. If the current margins are far more higher than the historical level, then they have a tendency to revert back to their mean. I mean, if they won't revert to their mean, the companies will continue to make abnormal profits, which is not sustainable in the longer. And the second way to gauge is that if an ordinary company is making extraordinary profits, be very alert, be very cautious. You can just look at the ROEs of those companies. And the company was, I guess, making a return on equity of 35 to 40%. That's huge. I completely ignored the fact that I am not at the right part of the cycle and things could revert back and I should, I should, should exactly time it out. So, I so, know that the audience is listening and they're thinking, so how did it end? What did you decide to okay. do? First, let me complete about this, why the margins were abnormally high. Actually, the margins were abnormally high because of the reason manufactured. The Chinese companies were procuring yarn from markets at an unprecedented rate, which was pushing the international margins at an all-time high. Now, why these Chinese companies were procuring yarn from other countries rather than from their own country? The very reason was their dom domestic cotton prices were nearly 40% higher than the global prices as the government was protecting their farmers through a minimum support price mechanism. So when the government abolished the policy, their local cotton and yarn prices started to normalize and they stopped imports, which resulted in the slowdown of our country's exports and a slowdown in international margin. I completely ignored this news and was resultantly penalized. So this was the first lesson that never ever invest at the peak of a commodity business. <laughs> and if you ever invested, do find it out. Do, do, do know about the emerging trends that are going in the industry. Don't ignore the developing trends in the industry in which you're investing in. So that's the first lesson. The second lesson that Andrew, I got from this company was the fact that when I was analyzing the company, I ignored the degree of operating and fixed leverage the company had. Companies with high degree of operating and fixed leverage tend to have very, you know, higher sensitivity to earnings because they have got higher fixed cost per unit of production. That's why in no time, the company I was investing in turned to loss. I mean, this was making three rupees per quarter earlier and that suddenly it posed a loss of two to three rupees per share. Uh, I ignored the fact that this company had a very high degree of you know, operating and financial leverage. In commodity business, companies with lower fixed cost per unit, they tend to survive. Mm -hmm. They tend to thrive in the longer run. So cost efficiencies do matter a lot. Always go for cost efficient producers in the commodity business. Great. Do not opt for average plays. 
Perfect. That's the second lesson that I learned from it. Okay. Third lesson was that I actually, you know, it's a very common mistake uh, made by investor that I allocated nearly 25% to my portfolio. That's not diversification. Yep. To my worst, the stock was also one of the most illiquid stocks <laughs> with a very weak daily turnover. So as a result of this, I couldn't offload it completely at the right price and incurred a huge loss. Stock was nearly, I think, 40 to 50% down from my, my purchase price. But I learned a mistake. It, it happens. Peter Lynch rightly pointed out, in this business, if you're right six out of 10 times, you're a real genius. <laughs> but during the four times, you have to learn from them. Do learn from them. Do not keep on repeating those mistakes again and again. Okay. Now, I'm going to interject here to the audience. I got so excited this morning that I, in our call, that I forgot to introduce our guests. So let me tell you about the fantastic experience of Aways, Abdul Sattar. And he's working as head of research in one of the top rated asset management companies in Pakistan. It's called MCB, Arif Habib Savings and Investment Limited, which is managing about $700 million of assets. Away started his career as a buy-side research analyst and has a cumulative experience of more than seven years in the industry. And we just heard part of the accumulation of that experience. In fact, this is part of the reason why experience matters in the financial industry. He favors bottom-up approach to the analysis of stocks while factoring an overall asset allocation via top-down approach. Mr. Aways believes abnormal returns can be generated by looking for stocks which are off the radar or not under active coverage. And before we talked, for the listeners that aren't familiar with Pakistan, uh, before we came on the show, we were talking about that there's about 400 companies listed in Pakistan, and you could say about 200 of them are relatively large and liquid, meaning 200 are not. And of those 200, about 60 of them are heavily covered by analysts and research. And therefore, if you want to go fishing in the area Hello. Where it's off the radar, you go into the 140. So that's a little summary. Now I'm going to give some points that I take away from this, uh, re, from, from the story that I've got from Aways. Here's a few things that I'm going to, I'm going to review. Aways, can you hear me? The first thing is really important is that sometimes you can get the company right, but get the overall macro story wrong. In this case, it was a commodity. But remember, it's more than just looking at that company. Um, I think also uh, the, the biggest thing that, that we see in all of the interviews is that level of research that we really need to do to get it right is much bigger than a lot of times we think. And in this case, the amount of research that needed to be done about the commodity cycle and all that, it was a lot. And so I think that's sure. something that we, we go into. And I think also I want to highlight one last thing, and it's important for all the listeners today because what Away said was that um, what we need to be careful about is when the profit margin is really high. Now, you mentioned about cyclical companies and you know the risk of that coming down. You talked about operating leverage, very valuable stuff. But the operating, when net margin or any margin is really high, there's a lot of risk. And in fact, I've just been working on a study looking at what is the probability of outperformance in a market when 
net profit margin is really high? And the answer to that is that net profit margin actually is a pretty good indicator of performance in the future. Meaning if net margin is high, the probability of outperformance or let's say positive performance for that market is very low. And when the net margin is really low for a market, then you have a better chance of outperforming or getting positive return in the future. And the reason why I mention all this is because the average net margin in the world is about 5% over the last 18 years. I've published this in one of my books and some research I've done. But right now in the world, the net margin is at 6.5%. And if you look at the US, it's much higher than that. And so if we think about the lesson that we could learn from this, what I want to wrap up my, my point on this is that beware when margins are high and they are very high in the US and they are high around the world. Is there anything else you'd add to that? You are absolutely spot on, Andrew. I think uh, particularly the point that you highlighted and particularly in the commodity business because commodities, they, they, they tend to return back to their mean level because in a brand, in, in something which is hard to replicate or hard to imitate, you can make abnormal margins because uh, that's your competitive advantage. But in commodities, this can't be sustainable. Perfect. All right. Well, let's wrap this up by asking you the last major question, which is based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn. What one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? I think I would recommend that do take risk, but do your complete due diligence and try to have a complete understanding of the business and sector you're investing in. I would like to quote my legendary investor, Mr. Warren Buffett, that he rightly pointed out that risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. <laughs> so don't be ignorant. So know what you're doing. Beautiful. Beautiful. And it's surprising the number of people that get into investing and then they don't know anything of what they're doing. I always say True. it's a little bit like jumping in a car, pushing the gas, driving as fast as possible and not knowing what a seatbelt is. You're exposing yourself <laughs> to risk and it's risk that you don't even know. But unfortunately, you don't get rewarded in this world by taking on risks that you could have avoided. So I think we'll wrap up at that point at listeners. You've got another great story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. And as we wrap up, a ways thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win. As a result, do you have any parting words for the audience? Thank you so much, sir. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I hope uh, all the audience which were listening to my story, they will learn from this story. You know, uh, they could gain some wisdom from the mistakes that I made. Beautiful. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.